0: What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, Amoy. Standing six foot two, three hundred and three pounds. The holiday season was brutal to him from the south shore of Nassau County, Long Island. It's Johnny e. G, the number one fuck boy. All you gotta do is trust me. Jackson, Maine, abortion is healthcare. Positive message, but you are dated, sir. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, my newly signed co host, Arthur Gabers. Arthur, give him a shout out. Arthur's currently in the living room enjoying the sweet sounds of the LA rain. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, first time guest, big fan. It's Murder Brian from Murder X Brian. Hello. That was Hello- great. Thank you, sir.
2: What we had talked about talking about, if that that like adds to it, you know, the, well, the shock jocks.
0: Truly, I—that's how much shock jocks are a part of my life. Is that when I was like starting a podcast, I was like, I think I need like a uh, oh shit, it's the shift to the Gabriel. Like I remember when the uh, you know Howard would come on and the music would kick in, or Opie and Anthony's music would come on, or the toilet flush sound effect or some shit, and I'd be like, yes,
2: <laughs> it's so funny. The car crash—he did the car crash because he told a bad joke. I was just. <laughs> I was so into it. Every, everybody I've met basically online. It's like, it's really weird. I, I'm not, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. So like Opie and Anthony got started a little late here. And it was so wild to me that like almost everybody that does any sort of comedy or podcast were into them at one point.
0: It's so traces a certain path. Like I, I understand younger people, not like catching on to this stuff, but like, growing up in the 80s and 90s like it's it makes total sense that I got into comedy and also inevitably my main source of doing comedy would be talking into a microphone without any visual representation of myself like truly <laughs> like wh- listening to shock jocks I'm like I want to get into comedy and then you think that means stand up sketch tv whatever and then it eventually just means doing exactly what you are listening to with why like five different actually with a bigger reach than opie and anthony has currently? i mean less less weight listeners but a bigger global i can more people can have access to this than the 100 102.3 or whatever (laughs) yeah i just i remember like because the
2: i i do a podcast on my patreon about shock jocks it's like a (laughs) series it only happens once a year and you you were on there talking about bubba the love sponge with me (laughs) yes and uh like there were they were all over the country but i think like younger people have no idea how important fm radio was in in the world at that time cuz when you think about like t- tuning into like 102.5 or whatever to listen to some guys just talk it's like why would anybody like why would anybody do it but it was really funny because like it was if you were listening to it Like, if me and you were listening to it, we were just honestly imagining some unsuspecting person turning it on and hearing (laughs) these guys say this nasty
0: stuff. Yeah. All it is is, like, the old, like, 90s music video of, like, a a, a blue-haired teacher hearing it, like, nah, like that kind of (laughs) react. Like, oh, swear words on the radio. Whip them out. I was in high school. And I had a Whip-Em-Out Wednesday bumper sticker on my binder. And then when I got a car, I put it on my car. And, of course, not one. I am got my driver's license. My mom and dad let me have their old car, the 89 Buick Century Custom. I slapped the WOW sticker on there. And for the listeners who don't know what this is, Opie and Anthony did a little thing where they called it Whip-Em-Out Wednesday. And... Women were supposed to flash truckers or whoever had a Wow sticker on their car, <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, people would call in and be like, "Just saw a great pair of heavy hangers on the I ninety five or whatever." And so I started doing it in high school. Never saw a t- never saw a tits that way. I would have to go about it a more traditional route, but uh, I I was Did- all in on this shit. Like we, my whole family listened to my dad. Put my dad worked nights so he was around during the day on weekends if we didn't have school or whatever and he listened to shock jocks fucking talk radio all day long between sports talk radio like which is big in New York and Long Island and then um, fucking shock Howard Opie I miss Uh, all it's so funny how many people that I grew up listening to every day have like truly proven to be absolute pieces of shit (laughs) it's funny
2: did you know I mean you you brought up wow did you know three different shock jocks lay claim to that idea like three different shows because that's something that goes on with those guys and I don't I don't know why they're so territorial about stuff I I mean comp stand-ups are like that too at times but like These guys all claim to have invented everything.
0: Right, it's and, funny. It's cuz stand-up's tour. So that makes sense. You do But like mm-hmm. that, the regional shock jocks arguing is like you can all just have Whip-em-out Wednesday and maybe people in America would only find out at like a family reunion where you like learn your cousin from Columbus, Ohio also has a Wow sticker from Donnie and Jeff <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> well, and it, it's Wow Whip-em-out Wednesday was the Opie
2: and Anthony one that actually ended up switching to Whip-it out whenever Whip-em-out whenever.
1: Oh, uh, smart.
2: <laughs> so that was always smart that they they changed that. But then uh Tom lycus who is uh a lot of people know him from James Adomians. I was sw-
0: I swear to God, I, for like three years I th- I didn't know lycus was a real human being. I thought it was a James Adomian character until I fucking stumbled upon some shit he was doing. And I'm like, maybe via your uh Twitter or something like that.
2: <laughs> Where well, I, I
0: yeah. get half of my shock jock info
2: from? <laughs> well, yeah, Lycus is like a really nasty. Like men's rights guy, he's he's one of the grossest of the guy. He's he's not funny. He doesn't have like, he's not funny at all. He just says really mean stuff about women for two or three hours, whatever his show was. But he claims, and this is the dumbest one I've heard. Uh, he did a thing called Flash Fridays, where okay. you flashed your um, you flashed your headlights at women, and they they were supposed to show you their tits. In, in L.A., and he was on during the day. So it's like, I don't know, like, why he claimed to have invented it. And then Howard Stern claims that he told his listeners to tie a bandana around their antenna on their car, and women would flash them. And they all three fight over who invented
0: asking women to flash them. <laughs> a real race to the bottom amongst people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's
2: so wild. I think even, like, I think Bubba had something to that
0: effect, but he had, like, no panties Thursday was his <laughs> He wanted you to flash snatch on the fucking, uh, whatever that bridge is that goes from, like, Miami to Key West. Like, that's like, that's exclusively where Bubba the Love Sponge listeners hang out, <laughs> flash and fucking snitch. <laughs> it
2: is very fun, though. I'll say this: it is very fun to see how miserable all these guys are
0: now. You know, yes, there's like, layers to it. Like Howard survived the best, and he's he's like his own level of miserable. He's like mm-hmm. billionaire miserable, which is a very specific. Type I'd love of to be miserable. that. I know. I'm a fan <laughs> of that. I, I could guarantee you, I would be less miserable if I had a million. Dollars I can objectively <laughs> guarantee. Also, you probably wouldn't hear from me for fucking four years. That oh. Quick aside, these rich motherfuckers, why, how could you not? You could just disappear and be rich forever. Like, if I'm Elon Musk, I'm on a, I'm, I'm like looking at my, I'm talking to my account and I'm like, how long can I just literally stay in hotels around the world with this man? He, and if they, a guy's like 20 years, I'm like, okay, I'm kicking it off now. <laughs> I'm starting Wait, tomorrow.
2: <laughs> when I hear of a rich kid that is, like, trying to make it in, like, Hollywood or in comedy or or movies or something like that, I just am like, why? Why would you... I would just go somewhere and just sit around all the time. Uh, <laughs> right. I know that sounds empty, but I would just go sit on a beach somewhere. <laughs> I, the, I, no idea where these people get this like uh, drive to
0: do stuff.
1: That,
2: yeah, I would if have a like man- a trust fund.
0: I would have a mansion on the beach with a movie theater inside my, and I would, <laughs> and you would never see me. My wife would probably. Leave, I would let her take half my money and live her best life. Like I, like I would be completely. F- I would not be engaging with people. I would not. You would never. Never hear from me again. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's weird because yeah, I remember growing up, like people would talk about winning the lottery. And there was always like a guy that would hang out with you that's like, if I won the lottery, I'd probably still go to work because I wouldn't know what else to do. And and that that (laughs) mindset has never ever translated to me because i'm like (laughs) if i won the lottery i would never do anything
0: again same and my and my job is insanely fun i like (laughs) i I sit and talk on microphones i get paid to travel the country and party i get a lot i have a lot of cool shit going on and i would still (laughs) turn it all away to just fucking have a playstation 5 game arrive every day for fucking 100 days
2: well, it's funny because I growing up listening to Stern and Opie and Anthony and stuff and and hearing about their like long vacations and shit and like all this stuff that like they were able to do. I remember thinking like, and they would come in and complain all the time. Right, it right. was just constant <laughs> complaining with those guys. And I just remember thinking, if I could ever do something like this, I would never complain. And I've been doing something like that for like Almost ten years, and with I complain every day. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Uh, like Howard's new latest schedule is like three days a week, three months, a, uh, three weeks a month. With like a, he's like less than being in the National Guard, and he's making like fucking one point. He's making way more than millions of dollars a year. It's fucking awesome. yeah, and he's deserving of it. It, like Sirius like built their fucking entire system on his back, just off off the insane fandom of Howard
1: Stern.
2: <laughs> I mean, that is incredible. It, it is like uh, like I would never say somebody deserves billions of dollars, but if that company's making billions of dollars, then he deserves pretty much all of it. Nobody else there is drawing a single listener i I find it I feel like Sirius is just the Howard Stern app now because like well i like
0: ron i like bennington
2: which is uh ron bennington from
0: ron Ron and and fez yeah ron and fez was on in our house a lot um mike and the mad dog which are uh new york sports uh talk guys uh i miss in the morning opie and anthony and howard stern were uh countless count like that's who we always had on in our house my well, dad just I, uh, like lifting weights while Howard and Robin are giggling about some fucking uh, woman who's getting spanked in the studio, and I'm like, I have another English muffin. <laughs> I also I like that idea of
2: like like these guys that like are lifting weights or working in a garage or on a uh, or on a construction site and they're listening to Howard Stern complain about the Emmys
1: <laughs> or the Oscars. <laughs> or <something. laughs>
2: That always made me laugh because that was like kind of a lot of the stuff. That he, they would just talk about like real housewives, like, well, real housewives are about, but shows that are kind of like real housewives. And it's oh, like yeah. some guy's dumping a bag of cement in a thing. <laughs> and this, this rich guy. I relate about that. so much to Howard with this, you
1: know. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I, listen,
2: I listen to every single appearance of Gilbert Gottfried. Actually, once a year, I listen to every single appearance of Gilbert Gottfried. And I mean, Howard those are some
0: of the fucking
2: best episodes it's the craziest shit i've i remember the first time i heard him on there it was the craziest thing i'd ever heard i was never like a gilbert Gottfried fan but when you just let him go he is one of the funniest guys i've ever and one of the most there is nobody as offensive as him you would have to just be a straight up like racist guy like you you (laughs) would have
0: (laughs) yeah right because he's like there's no one as offensive and as funny at the same time as Gilbert. Like, he really threads the needle. And, like, he's got that magic power. And I, I don't know what about it. Uh, you know, it's something about the way he looks or the way he talks or sound. Like, there's just something about him that he's such a twerp that no one ever gets mad. You know, he's like wedgie proof or something like that. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yeah.
2: It, I mean,
0: he's a, there
2: are, there's always going to be like somebody that can say, anything i always i feel like there's always going to be somebody that can say like dave chappelle is kind of the guy now that can pretty much say anything and like uh there's always just going to be one of those guys that can just say anything they want and i mean he chappelle gets a lot more pushback now than than gilbert ever did but he still is a guy it doesn't matter he's he's like he's like cancel proof i always there's like non there's people that can't be canceled i always bring that up about stern is that like he seems very worried about people finding out stuff that he did on the radio back then he like edits out a lot of the most offensive stuff when he does best ofs and he edits out like people and i'm like how like nobody is ever gonna listen to one of your shows from like 1995 and cancel you. It's and never you happening. It.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, a yeah. get a guest could be on and get themselves canceled from the '90s. Like, hey, Jake Gyllenhaal cops to fucking a 14 year old or whatever. You know, like <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, let's take them down. Uh, but th- that jumping back to what you said about. uh, uh Gilbert made me think when you said about Lycus too. There's always a dude, a person, most like, most usually a man, <laughs> who uses comedy as a cover for their bad opinions. And then there's like, there's always like Lycus is like a dude who's like, yeah, I'm just like Howard and Opie and Anthony. It's like they're saying this fucked up shit for comedy. You're saying it as like your TED Talk, and you you don't have a sense of humor. So it's like, even if they do really believe it, they're delivering it in a way where you laugh. Lycus, and like, that's why it's like the harder drug. It's like, oh, I'm into weed. And then Lycus is like, I put PCP in the joint. And you're like, okay, <laughs> let's give it a go. And you... You, we see that exact like path now. There's like, oh hey, it's a kind of funny Christian TikToker. I watch his video, and then the next the next one's like, holy shit, this is a Christofascistic TikToker. This is a yeah. like all of a sudden it just falls off, and it's like you might recognize this speech pattern from a normal comedy podcast, but we also truly believe uh, in misogyny. You're like, oh <laughs> man. <laughs> I mean, Tom Likas has,
2: without a doubt, and and first of all liberal i don't know if a dome man's ever known that he he considers himself a liberal uh, uh, a so democrat fu- that's so fucking but funny i <laughs> once i once listened to him talk about how people need to quit complaining about food deserts because they can get instacart <laughs> in rural areas
1: <laughs> And
2: I was like, I don't think you understand like how Instacart works or how, how like being poor works. Yeah, or yeah, even capitalism,
0: it sounds like at this point. Like, but yeah, Dad, two big fucking schools of thought going on here, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> But he like it's like a Sam Kinison bit. It's like the Sam Kinison bit move where the food is. It's like that's <laughs> funny. But we know that like if you were giving that actual advice to someone who lived in the desert in the savannah, they can't really move to wherever the food is.
2: Well, and he's like he's like um, you know, I the thing I don't like about him the most, he's the nastiest guy. Because I like collect guys, like everything I do is just finding new guys. Like right now I'm doing a podcast about Dane cook, like a, a series about Dane cook and, and his kind of run. And I did one about sports talk radio where I covered Jim Rome and I don't like sports and I hate Jim Rome. Well, I like fake sports. I like wrestling, but I don't like (laughs) like real sports and like Jim Rome's the nastiest. He's the guy that I've hated most. He's the line. He's the I one who hit.
0: he fucked with Jim Everett, right, and kept calling him Chris <laughs> Everett until Everett flipped the table. Like that fucking <laughs> prick. <laughs> it's not even. It's not the. It is
2: the content. I don't like like the rant style of comedy. You know, like no. the uh, Dennis Leary type of thing, and that's all his his whole show is that. And then it's also taking phone calls in which the fans
0: also rant, just like he
1: does. (laughs) It's so (laughs) great.
0: Well, oh, this sucks. That's something, you're touching on something there. These shock jocks also, ourselves excluded, because we're elevated individuals, but there is a, there's, they attract a certain type of person who's like, oh, I'm just like Howard. And it's like, uh I don't think you are, like no yes okay you are a creep uh you are a horny heterosexual man you maybe also have a small dick like you like all this stuff that like we that Howard talks about yes maybe but you're nothing really like him in the end and like no. I think his interviews always really shined a light on that where it would be like I'm like Oh uh, Howard does the best interviews It's like Yes you like the part When he asks nine follow ups About have you ever Had an orgasm doing anal That's yes. fun but he also, <laughs> there is two and a half other hours where he's got these guys pulling awesome, uh, or these uh, d- assorted guests of all fucking genders, pulling out awesome fucking stories and and going deep saying shit that they haven't said on other shows because Howard has that esteem and that energy. Like that's, and then people watch Howard's like, I also love tits. I'm just like Howard. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, so close, man. So close. So <laughs> the guy that I. I mean, to the
2: the guy that the only one that covering these guys, which I I do every year in October, I do a thing called Shocktober, and it's five or six shows about a different shock jock, and uh, the 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 one I like now that I never knew about, never liked before was Bubba the Love Sponge. He's
0: the one that I sort of. I kind of fell in love with the guy. I listened to his show now. <laughs> you turned me on to him in a weird like I did an episode of your show where we of Shocktober where we dove in on Bubba the Love Sponge who is <laughs> maybe the one Shock jock I I know nothing about except for his affiliation with the Hogan sex tape. It's like the only yeah. that's the only thing I know about him. And then you had me watching clips and talking about him and there is something about him. He's like a tragic comic figure in a way, too cuz He's antagonistic like but mostly it's via himself like he's not like sh- mm-hmm. pulling up pictures of other people and being like look at this piece of shit he's just kind of like uh, just he kind of like tells on himself over at least in the clips we watch he just keeps like revealing sadder and lamer and darker shit about himself in a way that's almost entertaining on a on a level I'm not positive he's presenting it on like yeah <laughs> like there's a meta enjoyment to Bubba as well And there is a weird thing like
2: because he's like a great character, I think, for for like one of those dramedy things like that Chippendales thing that just came out, (laughs) like something like that. He's like a really great character in that like he's an unreliable narrator and he does lie like all these guys lie so much. It's like you can count their lies as they go. And and like but he that Hogan sex tape ruined his life. Like, in a way that, like, people thought Hogan's got ruined, but yeah. he ended up getting a ton of money. Bubba's life really got ruined. Like, he got fired off the radio and then had to go, you know, had to go in and do uh, uh, AM radio. Like, low-power AM radio and Twitch and, like, it just everything. He lost everything. He was sleeping in a van outside of his studio, which... I kind of felt like he should sell the studio but... right. <laughs> or add a bedroom. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he had a studio at a racetrack. I mean, the guy was like an idiot, like with his money in a way. Is he like... out of Florida? Right? Yes.
0: He, he has extreme Florida energy in like in what you like and dislike about Florida. He's like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he—he he really looks like Florida, like wh- like white Florida. He's got like—he's tan, he's gray-haired. He looks—he's chubby, but he looks like he has some money. He looks like he knows how to drive a boat. He can boogie board, you know? Like he's got like this vibe, and you dig it. And then he talks, and he's like. Entertaining and depressing at the same time, in the way that Florida is. Yeah,
2: one of the funniest things about him, and it's one of my favorite things about any of the the people that I've followed. and like I said, it's like sports talk guys. I've done I've done comics, I've done preachers, I've done like so many different things. I did a whole series about Kid Rock, like four oh. episodes talking about Kid Rock. God help but, you. But uh, <laughs> one of the things I I think. I gravitate towards him is because like, he seems to understand that the way he acted wasn't totally great. And the other thing that he seems to get is that like every person that comes on his show, every guest, any famous person, he asks them for a job and I think that's the most charming thing for some reason to me. Like, he had Billy Corgan, Corbin, the guy from uh, uh, Cocaine Cowboys, the, the director of Cocaine Cowboys. Like, he had him on, and he was like, hey, you know, if you need any uh, information about cocaine in Florida, I can really help you out.
0: You just bring me on. a <laughs> consultant. Like, and he's like, he know he's like aware of how the industry works and shit. He's like, I could come on as some sort of producer consultant.
1: <laughs> he did. He did. That's what he said. Yeah. And not-
0: he like bitches good definitive. He's like, I understand how it works. A couple of bucks, I right, come by.
1: <laughs> well, and
2: he almost had a TV show at one point, but he fucked it up because he got drunk on while he was with like he had a bunch of people come in. It was supposed to be like Jerry Springer, but he just had a bunch of people come in and drink beer and like talk, and it wasn't like Jerry Springer at all, and the people at the TV station were like, I don't even know what the fuck this is. (laughs) But then there's the other side of, like, Howard Stern went to his wedding, which is that was that was re,
0: like like Howard Stern genuinely likes the guy. Howard Stern and, doesn't do like and like for layers of it. Howard Stern doesn't do things like he famously no. hates doing things. Like another way calls. I can relate, to, <laughs> listening to yes. Howard all the time. So I, <laughs> I just want to hurry Bubba. home. Yeah. <laughs>
2: He'll call into Bubba's show sometime or have Bubba call into his show. And Bubba, every single time, asks him for a job. Says, like, <laughs> can you get me on at Sirius? Which I love. It's so uncomfortable. But you can look at any video on YouTube of Bubba the Love Sponge. Howard Stern calls in. And every single time, he asks them to get him a job at Sirius. And then the most recent one, I believe, he uh, Bubba sends out uh, Bubba Hall of Fame rings to people like and they look like class rings oh man but they have like the bubba army insignia on he sent one to howard and i was like why would you
0: do that man
2: there's like no way howard stern would like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) but also at the same time Give love of the above, love of the above sponge, Bubba the <laughs> Love Sponge, an hour a day on Sirius. How much fucking mm-hmm. get? Like a Howard Channel, just put him on. It's like nine a.m. You get an hour of Bubba, and he gets Bubba. You know, can fucking tr- keep himself in Miller lights or whatever the fuck he does with his money. <laughs> And changing his name to, like, I like
2: guys like The Ultimate Warrior did the same thing, like where they changed their name legally to their (laughs) thing. Like The Ultimate Warrior changed his name to Warrior. Bubba the Love Sponge's legal name is Bubba the Love Sponge. (laughs) And there's something about buying into yourself that much that I just, I cannot get enough of. And I think it's those, that like kingdom of these radio guys in the 90s and early 2000s that were they like they had a kingdom like a guy like Bubba who's big in Florida is like one of the most famous people in the world to people in Florida.
0: <laughs> right, right. He's like a he's a king of a tiny kingdom, but like it was enough for a long time, you know. And then podcasts and like uh, uh, satellite radio blew a lot of these up in a bad way, except like Howard maybe. it was the only one who really benefited. I mean, Opie and Anthony existed for a little bit longer on uh, Sirius as well, which was, or no, one of them was on Sirius and one was on XM before they uh, combined. Right. I remember. Yes. (laughs) I, holy shit. Yeah. I remember it being a thing of like, which one should we get? These guys got ONA. And cause when Owen, I was, Howard was my first ONA was my like, Oh, these guys are like, Howards for my dad. Uh, ONA mm-hmm. is for me. He, they're even scuzzier and they have Jim Norton on and they and he, they had on all the comedy store guys that I loved like Patrice, Nick DiPaolo, yeah. Gr- uh Greg Giraldo, all those people. Also, also all of them either deceased or psychos in their own way now. Like but yeah, oh yeah. I I I loved I love those guys. And like so for me to get to listen to that, I was like this is cooler than like prank fo-. like the Uh, Howard lost me when it became all and smart decision making, but when it became all about like employees, when it came all about like, Sal, get in here, you piece of shit, Ronnie, like uh, all that stuff got to me and I got bored of like that world cast of characters thing. That's when I fell off on Howard and fell right into Opie and Anthony who weren't doing that, who were doing more like sitting there with a comic and talking about news or taking callers. And that shit made me laugh like fucking crazy. That was my favorite thing I
2: think, you know, uh, one of the ones One of the the first season I did was with Felix Biederman From uh, Chapo Trap House And me and him agreed on on the fact that We really loved these shows But didn't have any particular fondness For the, like, naked ladies in the studio And stuff like that It really the reason I listened to it was because of like them taking calls or them making fun of a TV show that was on the night before or them making fun of something. I was never listening to get horny. And I almost believe that nobody was listening to get horny that like the calls where the guys are like, I'm pulled over on the side of the road, jerking off. Like those were all plants. I feel like, had to be in my all- mind.
0: Yeah. Or, or I'll go as far as to say maybe some people were, but they weren't enjoying the show the same way I was because no. I'll agree with you. I was a horny little freak, and that part, that stuff didn't make me. Also, I think it was because it was like co-listening in the house, so like yeah. it and made it that awkward kind of like, uh, I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about tits in front of my dad. Yeah, but like it was on in the car, so it didn't feel sexy, uh, and it never worked on me in that way. But you're right, I I was enamored, but I. I didn't I was like, get past this, get to like the jokes and the parody songs and the prank (laughs) phone calls. That's the shit I was all there for parody
2: songs still like maybe one of my like I I have certain parody songs that I still like remember like every year around Christmas. I hear Felice Navidad, and all I can think is Police Got My Car, which was a <laughs> uh a song about a Mexican guy getting his car towed. And like uh uh there's a another Anthony song about getting his first boner watching the Brady Bunch that I was just singing the other day. And it's like, what the fuck did I do to myself? It was just a really it, it's just such a really like the that was almost because people don't. Know this either, and you you know better than I do that that like these guys had such a uh, impact on comedy and television and pop culture at the time. Like there was probably one or two people in every writer's room that listened to Howard Stern or Opie and Anthony.
0: I uh, I would guarantee, guess. especially considering uh, TV in the eighties, nineties, and early two thousands was written exclusively by older white men. <laughs> like the the, <laughs> the ex- absolute audience of these guys, but. You, I think they they had, Opie and Anthony had like a stranglehold. Like like you, you, you thought about it all the time. The thing that, it's just so funny that we ended up doing podcasts, specifically, especially like kind of free roam, like free range podcasts, because that was the thing that appealed the most to me about these shows. It'd be like, who knows what's going to happen? You'd be like, Oh, Jim's going to stick around for another. Norton's going to stay for another hour. Yes. Like you would hear yeah. stuff like that. And it's like, what am I? I, I have like, I'm driving to the pizza place. I don't have another hour, but I'm excited <laughs> that Jim's going to be there for another hour. And like, you like, and then when the shows like Dinner for Five came out and stuff, and that had these like podcasts, sort of like these people are just being themselves and talking and being funny, like that hit me so fucking hard. And you could just like watch me go from like talk radio to uh, blank to here we are podcasting, doing exactly fucking shock jock shit, uh, where there you can't shock people anymore unfortunately <laughs> it's which is pointless like, to try <laughs> yeah people who are like people are always like i'm i'm ready to fucking sh- rock the audience i'm like if that's like, like if you're trying to aim for that you're a- like you're aiming at a weird target like the bullseye is going to be upsetting <laughs> like, like yeah i need to have it's like everyone is there's so much offensive shit has happened uh, and been said and done and if you're like still trying to push it to be offend like that's fucking that's a wild choice <laughs> <laughs> right, it's not you a marketable. Can, it's not a financially sound choice.
2: You can go on YouTube and like pretty much every minute of Opie and Anthony is is there, and there's I, even other edits where they edit Opie out, which is my f- think my favorite thing that anybody <laughs> does on the internet. It's it's the meanest thing that I can think of somebody doing. They call him uh Nopie, oh.
1: and uh,
0: somebody edits him out <laughs> now. Now here's the thing, I, oh, at the time we all liked Anthony more, like he was the funnier oh, yeah. one. He, yeah, of course, but over time, people who really stuck with Anthony as Anthony went further and further into fucking <laughs> yeah. the shit town, like as as he got more and more Long Island, I guess you could say, <laughs> as he, like as he got worse and worse, those people who were like, that's the thing, like it's funny to edit out Opie in like in real time in, like, the 90s and 2000s. That's funny. Now, editing out Opie seems like it's because I agree with Anthony's (laughs) politics. And it's like, no! racist. Yeah, (laughs) it's like the wrong... You're taking the wrong thing from the show. And that's what the... The fucking weird thing about these shock jocks is, like, they accidentally run cover for people who are like, hey, I like edgy comedy. Me, too. Me, too. Hey, I am racist. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Uh, well, we're not listening to... Oh, we are We are all listening to the same thing, but for different reasons. And that people like that have always... And then you see once uh, an entertainer starts courting those people, it's like they're off. Like, wh- whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't even have to be, like bad takes on stuff it's like just choosing like oh shit okay the gun nuts like my show a lot i might as well just be a gu- like light gun guy mm-hmm. in the background of my everything i do and it's like okay yeah i mean i i want listen i get it i need listeners i need ads i need patreon subscribers but yeah. courting like the worst people like changing who i am to, to make like that's not what i'm trying to do <laughs> no <laughs> well
2: I, i'll tell you what i I, uh, uh, so in 2000, I was a cable guy. I started at the cable company in 2002. And so you're in a van all day or, or you're like kind of climbing poles or working outside or whatever. So you need something on the radio. And, uh, so I would come home and torrent Opie and Anthony And then listen to the whole entire show the next day while I was at work. So I was one day off.
0: With the ability to pause it in between, like, when you had to go climb or whatever. Oh, shit, that's awesome. (laughs) And I
2: I didn't miss a minute of Opie and Anthony from, like, 2004 to, like, right around 2011 or 10 when Anthony, when Obama got elected, Anthony just straight up started talking about going on Stormfront on the show and i was like i don't think i like this anymore <laughs> no. i don't think this is for me at all and i wasn't like you know i i just was like well you know i don't even know what my politics were because i was an idiot i didn't know what anything about what you would be considered but i was like i don't think i like want to be into the guy that goes on Stormfront though yeah, i no. know for sure that <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like, I'm learning who I am, but I'll tell you what I'm not. (laughs) That white supremacist.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you.
0: I guess, thank you, Anthony, for steering me slightly away from you by going a little too hard. Oh, okay. This is where we come to a branch in the road in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) And And you're taking the one more traveled. Got it.
2: (laughs) And it's a bummer because it's like, uh, there was a time where I thought Opie ended up being the the one out of the group that, that ended up, Pretty normal. He has a family, has a wife and a kid, and and you know he, but he does this podcast that isn't like really even a show. It's like he just gets up in the morning and drinks coffee with the camera on him and talks to like you know forty five people or something. This video's hit like a thousand listens, and I'm just like, why are you? Why do this? What's the fucking point? You guys made a ton of money. They could both, I would guess, quit. I, I don't know for sure but I I know the kind of money they were making back then. They
1: can't they could both I,
0: just quit. I, they have to be able to. And then co- Anthony's like like doing co- compound media from his house and just having like uh, and every time they I mean, there's so much going on there, so much awful shit. But just there, the production quality of anything coming out of Compound Media has like a layer to it where it's like, I used to watch Public Access on Long Island. (laughs) I had a public access show for uh, like one summer, the Hammerhead sketch comedy, the (laughs) 19, 2001 on uh, Long Island Public Access. But these guys, you watch it and you're like, this guy is a millionaire, right? Like, and this is still (laughs) okay with what he wants to do. Like, you can make like, fucking cnn level graphics and shit in your like you can you can pay a kid two hundred dollars a day and have an insanely good looking fucking package But these people are like, nah, that's not what it's about. It's about our ideas. And you're like, oh,
2: fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Your crappy ideas. Like some of the worst ideas in the world. (laughs) Like, it's funny because like, it's like you grow up with kids where you're like, there's like kids in your school or whatever that you hang out with that you think is like are the smartest people in the world. I used to hang out with this guy when I was growing up that, that. We would smoke weed with him, and we'd just hang around, and he would sit and talk. And it was just like, this guy's probably the smartest guy I've ever met. <laughs> and then, like, you notice, like, three years later, this is the dumbest man in the history of the world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: I, there was this kid that used to... I used to sit at his house... like. I used to sit at his house and watch Monday Night Raw and Nitro every night. We would sit there. We would. He had a Gold Slogger bottle that he turned into a bong, and uh, <laughs> we would just sit there and fucking pass that thing around. And and watch and flip back uh, and forth
0: between Nitro and Raw. Been there, brother. Been, yeah, that was the, those, exact situation. <laughs> what a time that that was! Such a wonderful time. <laughs> yeah, we didn't Just, know how good we had it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two wrestling companies now, but they're not on the same night. So you're like, damn.
0: Yeah, you can't see go, them on the
2: same night. You
0: can't jump from the Wolfpack to Goldberg and back. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah. So he's like. he he, i'm over we're over there hanging out and i don't see him for a while like i i got my own apart i was 18 19 i got my own apartment i got a job i was i hadn't seen him in a long time but i remember telling people all the time like i know this guy that dropped out of school he's like the smartest dude i've ever met he's just (laughs) so smart and then i went over to his house one last time and he was still living with his parents and still sitting in his bedroom watching wrestling and hitting the hitting the bong and i was and smoking cigarettes in his bedroom like his his parents let him smoke cigarettes in the house they didn't smoke but they let him smoke cigarettes what in his bedroom the fuck? with his friends
0: yeah, I never heard of that. That's the only other type I've the only time I've ever heard of The only time I've ever heard of that is if the parents are smokers. And even that is like a bridge too far sometimes. Smoking cigs in the house, blasting darts in the house by with permission from your parents is but that. Well, dude, I can't, I'll let you fin- I'll let you wrap up this guy. <laughs> oh,
2: I just met I just I just talked to him again later and he sounded like like Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver. And I realized, "Oh my god, this guy was never smart." and uh uh it it was just and that's what happens to all these guys i i remember talking talking about how intelligent anthony cumia was at a time like he seems like an intelligent guy and then now every year i have to go back and listen to him you know to to grab audio and stuff and him and norton sound like two i mean norton is a seems like a decent person sort of but they don't (laughs) seem very smart about about politics specifically, which was what <laughs> people were like, oh this is very interesting conversations there It's like no it's not. Oh. It's
0: dumb. Hi, 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 Paul T. Goldman, I never get the opportunity to advertise for shows that I'm already watching or uh, before they even reach out and offer me a couple of bucks to read their ads. So I am honored to talk about Peacock's new series, Paul T. Gold- Paul T. Goldman, which I'm enjoying the hell out of. Seth Rogen's an EP on it. Jason Wallner, director of Borat 2, is director of the series. He plays uh, he, Paul, the guy plays himself and he's a dude who wrote a book about something that happened in his life and then turned that into a screenplay and is now having Jason shoot it and he's starring in it in himself so he's starring in the series based on the book that he uh, the series is shooting his movie that's based on his book that's based on his life and the meta nature of the series—it's about the making of itself. And and I can i don't want to over-explain Paul if you haven't watched it. But the dude's an interesting guy. He, I don't know how much he, what he's, what kind of level of truth he's working with. He's a strange egg. I'm very excited for you guys to watch this. It's true crime mixed with comedy. I saw someone review it on Twitter. I f- forgive me for not crediting the person, but they were like, "It's simultaneously for people who love true crime stories and hate true crime stories," and he might be right. And a lot there's a lot of layers to it. FBI, Homeland Security, multiple different The guy has uh, Paul has a little bit of money, so there's like multiple different private investigators and stuff. It's it's wild. Get yourself on and watch it. Use offer code GOLDMAN for 3 months of Peacock for 2.99 a month. That's off Code G-O-L-D-M-A-N For three months of Peacock uh, $2.99 a month You just touched on two things that I That I've learned With age So one Coming into the comedy scene in my early twenties, mid twenties, I was like, "Fuck, man! So many of these people are fucking geniuses." Blah blah blah. And then, like, just like you said, like after like ten years of hanging out with them, I'm like, "Oh, we are actors. <laughs> <laughs> they are actors are traditionally pretty fucking stupid." It's like yeah. talking to all these people. I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay, maybe we're not as smart as I all." You're oh, you're just oh right. We are fucking idiots. That's yeah. one thing. And then that kid who sm- blast darts in his house while his parents are home makes me think about some of the kids when I was growing up who I, like, think back on was, like, ve- I thought were very cool or I was so stoked to hang out with Jared Barry at the fucking bowling alley and, like, all these people... And then when you think back on it now as a grown up You're like oh my god and you're a parent So maybe you, it hits even harder you're like oh, oh yeah? they had <laughs> Terrible home lives oh my god oh yeah. oh yeah the kid who I thought was the coolest Kid in my school was had, Must have had the worst Cause you get like that early mm-hmm. independence that comes With like a shitty home life where you're like yeah. Man Glenn is out at 10pm On a weeknight getting wasted I'm so Jealous man that's the coolest <laughs> life Ever and then it's like oh wow Glenn's doing it again another night in a row Okay Glenn has no he's not on any sports Sports and Glenn, Glenn's life. Oh my God. And then you're 40 and you're like, holy shit, poor fucking Glenn. Oh my God, Glenn. (laughs) Oh, poor Glenn. Like that's all. all the, the guy's blasting darts in his room. You're like, this is so sick. You get your mom just lets you rip bongs in here, and you're hanging out. and You're 19. Then you go back at 30, and he's still doing it. And you're like, okay, no, this is bad. Your parents should have intervened a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> I I I just told this story, and
2: I have a podcast about new metal too that I do. <laughs> of uh, course. <laughs> uh, and I it was just talking about this pool hall I used to hang out at growing up when I was a kid. I like grew up in in the suburbs of of Columbus, Ohio, kind of like a a redneck-y, like, suburb. And there was this pool hall that we used to go to play Mortal Kombat 3 at because it was uh, uh, only a quarter to play. It was called Quarter Flash. only costed a quarter to play. And when you went there, you were allowed to smoke there once you turned 14. (laughs) If you brought a note from your parents. So... (laughs) So they had a binder in the back with pictures of people with a note from their parents that allowed them to smoke cigarettes in the pool hall. So people would just obviously forge the note. Like <laughs> I had a forged <laughs> note. <laughs> now, I,
0: I get my mom the fake signed test to prove that I like my that she saw I got the 61 or whatever. This is a whole other level of like, yeah, my mom says I'm allowed to smoke. Guy who works at the pool hall. <laughs> <laughs> It was
2: incredible. I I think about like all the, like I hear, I used to hear people say that my dad would send me down to the store to buy cigarettes and I, I just couldn't believe it. I just, cause my parent, my dad's like a dork. He doesn't do anything cool. And I was just like, man. And then I remembered, I was like, everybody used to smoke. When I was younger, (laughs) and like you were just kind of uh, like there was like a large uh, like my daughter's 18 now, and like almost nobody at her school smokes cigarettes. They they do vape. There's a decent amount of vape, but almost nobody there smokes and i look at that and i'm like there was like 35% of my school smoked back
0: in when i graduated in 97 <laughs> i which i graduated in 2000 i would say 33% of my school i would say f- of kids in my high school smoked. And of the hot girls slash popular kids, 95% of them smoked. (laughs) Yes. yes. And I just don't know what that meant. Like the the eight hottest girls in my school all smoked cigs, which made total sense for like any dude who was like, I got to start smoking to be able to talk to Holly and Noel.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I got into smoking because I was such like a, uh, I was such a peer pressure guy back then that it was like a dude walked up to me when I was 12 and was like, do you smoke? And I said, yes. And, uh, he was like, why don't you come over to my house after school and smoke? And now like having a daughter, when she turned 12, (laughs) I was like thinking about like what I did when I was 12. So I had already smoked weed when I was 12. I already smoked cigarettes when I was 12 and I even did LSD when I was 12 years old. Be- the summer between sixth <laughs> and seventh grade, I did LSD. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and like now that I know, like, what a 12 year old. You know what? Like now I know what a 12-year-old is and does. I didn't know then. I thought I was like a, a smart,
0: intelligent gentleman that was right. Like and now living you're like an adult life. After taking care of a 12-year-old, you're like, holy shit, when I was your age, like I was smoking a fucking <laughs> sick. Oh my god. I I it's cr- I I started drinking like every weekend in 7th grade and didn't stop until I was like 38 until the pandemic is when I stopped drinking every weekend <laughs> I will say like but that's like 20 years of gassing beers of just binge drinking it's like I had by the time I went away to college I had already like gotten so drunk, you know, gotten alcohol poisoning a handful of times in college. And, like, I had already cried and barfed, and my mom had to clean me up. Like, I had already done all the shit that happens to freshmen in college. Like, it was like, oh, I already did all this. I already accidentally. I didn't smoke cigs. I tried one in a pool once, and I didn't want to smell like it. And I didn't really like it. So I was like, I got to get in the pool to try it. And I didn't really like it. But then a, a couple of years later, I, I, I woke up one morning after being like blackout drunk at like 17 years old. And someone's like, you smoked like eight cigarettes last night. I didn't even know you smoked. And I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> I'm an idiot.
2: <laughs> I mean, I hung out at a kid's house like his dad was like a night stock dude at um, at a grocery store. So every Friday night, we go over to Dennis's house and hang out. And his dad fucking knew we were there, which is shocking to me because we weren't allowed to smoke cigarettes in his house. We had to go outside to smoke cigarettes, but we were allowed to smoke weed in his house because his dad smoked weed. And his dad just was like, don't. I don't want cigarettes in this house, but if seventeen-year or if uh, fifteen and sixteen-year-olds want to smoke weed in here, they might as well do it here. Yeah, that- and I just, <laughs> I just was so like, I don't even know. I I'm sure there has to be like there were. It never felt like when my kid was in school that there were bad kids. I I think there were like two the whole
0: time, but like, and the level the- of bad is like is very different now. I feel yes, like. yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. and that, that's a little bit of suburbs privilege I understand but like growing up the bad kid in my school was like like dangerous and now like yes. I feel like the bad kid in the school is like very rude or has like uh like a, a learning disability of some... You know, he's like, people think he's bad because he's he's struggling hard, you know? But like, yeah. I had kids who were like legit criminals who would be like, look, I brought a hammer to school. I'm going to hit Ryan with it in fifth period. <laughs> I'd be like, what? I, and I'd be like, kids in the hospital, he got hit with a hammer during lunch. It's like, I know who did that.
2: <laughs> I remember in the eighth grade, we were walking to school and there was a hammer in the middle of the street. There was just... <laughs> like a hammer sitting there we had this vice principal that in retrospect like i don't know if she was super mean because i like the you don't know if the adults were mean when you're a kid once you become an adult especially if you have a kid because you're <laughs> like uh because you're like well i did bust her my friend lily not me my friend lily took that hammer and busted her car wind the vice principal's <laughs> car window out and i just remember just being like oh you know fuck miss dorman she's such a bitch and just like being <laughs> like super mad about it but then i think about it and i'm like we busted her fucking window out in her car and we were smoking cigarettes
0: in the bathroom at a middle school <laughs> right <I'm> yeah like- <laughs> we were such a problem dude it's this shit washes over me every once in a while where I remember what I was like and like m- and have the new context for it. One one that always comes to my mind is being like 14 and like scream crying in my parents face totally lying. <laughs> How could you not fucking believe me I'm your fucking <laughs> son, you know, and like completely lying about something and them knowing. Like and in hindsight they know I'm lying. Oh yeah and i'm watching and i'm like watching myself now scream like fuck you i should live somewhere else if you're not going to believe me <laughs> and it's like and i'm like threatening to like walk from my family over like a test that i uh, they did see but i didn't want them to see you know like all this stupid and i'm like i was a problem oh yeah. that teacher that teacher had no patience for me oh the teacher that found you after you ripped up all the tiles <laughs> with a crowbar in the back of the classroom Oh, yeah, that teacher is, of course, that these teachers are getting paid back then, what, 48 grand a year? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm fucking making their jobs as hard as humanly possible.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> and a teacher slammed me up against the wall one time, right? Because, and in and, and context, it didn't sound, it sounds like, oh, I can't believe a teacher would slam you up against the wall. Same teacher used to tell me that I was going to be in prison. Like, he, he, <laughs> He When I got my yearbook, we were having people sign it, and I had him sign my yearbook, and he drew bars on my picture.
0: Like, <laughs> That's so <laughs> fucked up. I, 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 if a teacher did that now, they would have like a, a 50,000 retweeted tweet about them, and they'd be like, ban this bitch or whatever. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But.
2: I also like would sit in his classroom and the windows would be open in the back of the room and we would just throw everything off the back shelf in the
0: oh. classroom out the window. It Bro, just that is crazy. such a go-to. Like, when the teacher's like, it's hot, they gotta have the window open, she turns her back. You, I. We used to take, like, another kid's backpack and throw it out the yeah. fucking window and shit. <laughs> like, like whatever kid was the fucking target of the day, be like, alright, pal, Here's let me see your binder. Yoink! <laughs> Go ahead and yeah. tell the teacher. I, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> or <laughs> Look leaning outside, out. Look outside, there's loose leaf everywhere in the courtyard.
2: <laughs> the thing that pops in my mind a lot is i had an english class and for some reason i decided i didn't want to smoke cigarettes anymore when i was in like 10th grade which there is a good reason for not (laughs) wanting to smoke cigarettes anymore because they're unhealthy but i started dipping i just was like oh well i'll quit and you know the solution will be to dip and i we had this windowless classroom with one of those long heaters in the back or, oh, or yeah. air conditioner things. And I sat in the back of the room, obviously, because kids like me sat in the back of the room. <laughs> and I would just dip and spit it in that fucking furnace.
1: <laughs> 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 and the
2: winter would come around, and that goddamn thing would be going off, and it smelled like dip, spit, It was just so bad. It was so... And then it's like, why are they always mean to me? Like, what? why are the teachers not giving me a fair chance? You know? I I also... Yeah, so that teacher that told me I was going to go to prison, I was sitting in a class and a bell went off. It was very obviously an accident or whatever. And I fucking... Got up as a joke and started running as fast as I could towards the door, acting like "Oh, school's out!" like as a funny joke for everybody. And he just fucking grabbed me and it was like this, and he's like, "Sit down, you little piss ant!" Like they they called us piss ants a lot there. But yeah, I mean, and it was like I see now what like kids are doing, and like there's almost nothing as bad as even something like the
0: pass out game. Right? That was something that we did You don't yeah. even see that almost No I got in school suspension For doing the saltine competition Where you like eat saltines And the first person the whistle wins It's so fucking childish <laughs> But you spit saltines <laughs> all over your friends Is more or less exactly what it is And we got like Saturday detention And I remember we were like we were like after they te- told us Saturday attention, We were like standing outside, like the few of us, and we were using like the c word, and we were like, "We'll kill this fucking c word!" Like about like the vice principal or whatever, and she came out and like heard us, was like, "You know, if, <laughs> if, if I was gonna just let you guys not come in on a Saturday, I I was gonna come out in here and tell you, but you're sa- I hear you, you, you 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 kids are pigs," and was like, "Yeah, that's fair." Yeah,
2: I told my dad, I wish. I was never born because he caught me sneaking out at night and uh, he heard me sneak. I guess they heard me or came and checked on me or something. And I came home and all the doors were locked. And I was like, "Oh shit! Well, okay." So I went and slept in the car on the side of the house, <laughs> and then I got up at seven in the morning or whatever, and uh, I walked right in the fucking front door, and they were like, "Where have you been?" And I was like, "Oh, I woke up early this morning to go to the mall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just get a little workshop done, workshopping done before <laughs> the the mall at what would have had six a.m." <laughs> I was he going to Sam Goody to buy Dookie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the guy, they just, and it's like, I don't know why, like, cause I knew, I think I ever, I don't think my daughter ever lied to me. And, and like, I didn't be like, oh, she's lying, you right. know? I, I just, they, you can, they're never, you always know when they're doing bad stuff. And it's just like, uh, uh, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, how do, like, as a parent, I'm always like, I don't even know. Like, like I remember my daughter never had a bedtime because, like, I hated having a bedtime as a kid. (laughs) It it made me so mad. I was like, you will never have a bedtime. (laughs) And, one of the, and, and like, uh, uh, at one point she asked like, Hey, uh, do I have a bedtime or or should I have a bedtime? And I said, uh, I don't care. Like, and she said, uh, uh, what about nine o'clock? And I was like, fine, go to bed at nine o'clock. I don't like have any. And I realized like, there's no way I can make this kid go to bed because there was no way my parents they, they they couldn't keep me in. It's like uh the great escape. It's like yeah. they're like, go to bed at nine, and you're like up, like listening to the radio and
0: fucking around in your room. And, I share a room like- with my brother. We had a toy rifle made from real wood and metal because it was like the nineties. <laughs> it was absolutely we we would later use it to like break shit, but at the time, yeah. it was just long enough to put my My parents put the old TV in our room so we could play Nintendo on it. But we can get like five channels. But it was like the put, you know, the kind where it had like a cigarette lighter on. You had to like pull out the handle to turn it on. And like we could push it shut with the rifle. And we would stay up to like, 3 30 in the morning, just fucking around, watching shit and bullshitting and like making up stories. And then my they got hip to it and my parents started checking on us more at like midnight or one. And so then what we started doing was setting our alarms for four in the morning and then waking up at four and like playing and fucking around until my dad would come wake us up for school at like seven thirty. We'd already have been up for like three hours playing video games and shit like that.
2: <laughs> my brother, when we were younger, uh, right around Christmas, it was the year the Super Nintendo came out. And uh, my bro- we asked for the Super Nintendo for Christmas. And my brother was like, uh, 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 we were all bad. So this, I think it was ten- around 10th grade. And we were cutting school so much because there was the attendance policy when I was in high school was basically like if your parents send you in with a letter, then you can leave school early. Yeah. And uh like for a dentist appointment or something like that. So what this is the dumbest logic anybody's ever had. I basically <laughs> would have a girl write a letter from my mom because in my mind the, Women's uh, handwriting. A ten- <laughs> yeah, it's a woman's handwriting. There's no way it's him. <laughs> like, but he would leave early every day, and I would leave early, and we would Open the present and open the Nintendo and get it out and play it all day while they were at work and then wrap it back up and stick it back under the tree.
0: Whoa, that's (laughs) fucking awesome. Dude, it's crazy how similar our lives were. We found Super Nintendo in in the, like, weird shelf in the closet just one day being feral kids being like uh, let's see what's in this deep closet here and we found super nintendo and that's when we learned that there was no santa or anything like it all came stumbling down at that moment and we were like we got super nintendo but we were so afraid to jinx it so like we kept, and then our parents got wind because we were being like too into santa we were like, Santa is so real. Like, we just get like, we were like overselling it too much. And our parents were eventually like, All right, guys, what the fuck is going on here? You're like talking about, I hope the North Pole deliveries make it. Like, you guys are being a little too, <laughs> we we're like, sh- immediately showed our fucking hands.
2: <laughs> I did that. I mean, I told my daughter that Santa wasn't real when she was eight. So she wasn't a weird kid at school that thought, santa was real and like i want i didn't i i had this like real big thing in my mind about like i was kind of a bad kid in school and i didn't and i never i didn't have a hard high school time like like people are like oh you know people picked on me and that didn't like really happen with me like i was friends with everybody we i had like a really good time And I was like, what if I gave my daughter that? And so like all of my parental advice was like around, like, I remember when she was like, I want to join the school band. And I was like, are you sure? You want to join, because that can be a problem I'm just telling you If you did it when I was in school People would throw stuff at you
0: Yeah, and it's fun, and like now it's like totally different too It's like everyone wants to be in the band Because it's like the I know. Coolest, like like, And it's like, it's completely changed From when we were kids It's like, it's bananas And like, because I, I imagine the same Oh, you sure? Theater? Uh, I don't know about that Maybe try football <laughs> skip there a little bit, my bad. Yeah,
2: I was the same. Yeah, everything I basically did, like everything was like, are you sure you want to do that? So when it came around, it was like, Santa's not real. It's me and your mom, and we're putting presents under the tree. And she got mad at us. And then it made me realize, like, these kids are, first of all, they're young, so they don't, like, really understand how things work. So them being told there's no Santa to them means I'm going to get less presents because there's no Santa and my parents are always broke. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, <laughs> the
0: realism just hits in here of like, shit, no, Santa had uh, deep pockets. Dad and mom are always bitching about like the electric bill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was like, I, I,
2: I felt she got so mad at us for telling her, but I was just like, in my mind, I was like, I'm doing you a favor, man. I'm saving you. Trust me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry about. You can it. smoke weed in the gonna... house when you're 15. <laughs> I just want you to be cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's how I was. I I didn't I didn't let her get away with like that. Like I'm gonna be your best friend. Well, I did actually, but I didn't let her do like drugs or anything like that. Right. But like I was. Constantly like trying to make sure it's like, are you sure that's the music you like? Because that can be a problem sometimes. You have to understand what other people think about the music you
0: like. The exact opposite of, like, every other parent from our generation who's like, be whoever you want to be. We're like, okay, I just want to make sure this is who you exactly want to be. Could make life a little harder being this into show tunes. Just take it from me. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of clothes do you want, need? Okay, I will make
2: sure. Because, you know, we came around when shoes got expensive. If you grew up in the 90s, it was like shoes didn't really get expensive until, like, the early 90s when... You know the the Nike Airs and and the Reebok pumps came
0: out. Oh, and bro! I also- got Spalding pumps, the knockoff Reebok <laughs> pumps, where the pump was black, just a black ball, n- like not a cool basketball or a tennis ball. And I was fucking devastated. And mm-hmm. that was when I before when I up until like the age of thirteen, I went to a school that was mostly black and Hispanic. And then when uh, from like fourteen on, I went to a school that was uh, mostly white, but bring in Spalding pumps. I was, like, never even noticed in the school, like, the white, like, we just ignored. I wore Spalding pumps and was, like, a little roasted for, like, every fucking day to the point. And my mom is, like, you know, my parents were poor, so they're, like, how come you're not wearing the pumps you asked for for Christmas? And I'm, like, they're not the exact pumps, you know? And it's, like i don't want to wear them to school but my parents are like so upset that they spent like uh, their hard-earned 40 dollars on them or whatever and i'm like fuck mom you don't know i'm getting fucking annihilated on the bus with these i can't
2: (laughs) man i went to school with this dude uh who uh this is when jordans were like at the at the the very early part of them and he bought the shoe he went his parents must have taken him to the store there was a pair of shoes that said mj on them they bought them he kept telling us how he got jordans and finally you know he's wearing them we're, we're all out playing he comes out and he's wearing them and the feet on the shoes were doing the moonwalk like he got the la gear michael jackson's and it was just the mo- I, fe- I still feel bad for that guy to this day for how <laughs> just we just all the time. It's not Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jackson, <laughs> which is really rough. Like you couldn't really be into Michael Jackson. Like that was what was so, you know, when when you're a kid and you're, you're coming up, it's like there's so much stuff that you're just not even like. You're not even like really allowed to do or like. I know that I saw this girl one time in high school who ate a meatball sub for lunch, and we just called her Sub Girl for the whole rest of the time we were in school. Like all she did was eat
0: something.
1: <laughs> it was Bro, just like a kid you can't got do hit. Nothing.
0: A kid in our school got hit in the head with a javelin at track and field, and they <laughs> we called him Heads Up for the his entire year. The entire year we were still in school. He moved schools. Another kid shit his pants in school and graduated, but his mom was still a hall monitor, and we made fun of her for his her son shitting his pants. We made this poor woman who was like making whatever twelve dollars an hour helping kids take the elevator that needed it in school. We we made her life miserable because her son shit his pants like two years ago at this point. Like, I, <laughs>
2: It's so weird when you think about the amount of time like that would go like a guy does something two years ago. And you're just like, look at this is the guy, a guy uh, that there was a rumor that got caught jerking off. We just called him homeboy Jack all the time. And it's like, we don't even know if he like really got caught. And also like it had to get old at some point, but nothing. I don't think you understand that things get old. At at kind of when you're when you're younger, like it takes. I, I mean, I honestly don't think people that don't do comedy understand that things get old. Right,
1: right. <laughs> yeah, <Yo>, right.
0: <laughs> Once you start doing comedy, you're like, this isn't hitting the same way. It's like, oh right, yeah, I'm understanding what's going on here, dude. Uh, last fucking awful story from my childhood, but you just t- triggered it hard. Uh, I got a hand job in like 7th grade from uh, my girl, 7th or 8th grade from my girlfriend at the time. I did not come. She told everyone. Everyone, eventually it got back, like I heard about it at school, and I was at my buddy's house, and like 8 of my go- boyf- boyfriends, the Mikes and the Johns are all there, and we're hanging out, and one of them's like, how come you didn't come when Jen jerked you off or whatever? I was like, dude, I'm in eighth grade. I'm like jerking off like <laughs> twice a day. I'm a machine. She can't fucking like half rodeo grip her first hand job and like make me like it's not gonna work on me. And uh, one of the kids we were at the kid's house we were at his older brother and here's a fun detail about him would dry scoop ice uh, dry scoop uh, whey protein like just put dry protein powder in his mouth and like chew and cough and like take swigs of milk with it and shit and he was like Gabrus jerks off too much the jerk off boy jerk off boy and then his the kid's mom came home it's like Hey, Ma, do you know Gabrus jerks off? That's why we call him the jerk-off boy. And then I was called jerk-off boy for like three years by older kids in the high school once I got there. And I was like, this is – fuck." and then my name is Gabrus, so it's already brutal in the 90s. It's like now I'm being called jerk-off boy because I I copped to masturbating in eighth grade. Oh, excuse me. You weren't allowed to do that, though. When I was
2: coming up, you – like I remember – like the idea of jerking off was like considered gay where i grew up it's like you're gay if you jerk off and it's like (laughs) everybody's doing it and it was because i i knew a guy that got a a hand job in sixth grade and the girl told everybody he didn't have any hair on his dick or his balls or whatever so we would goof on him about it all the time but it's like Almost none of us probably had it. So then what we would do is when we were all hanging out, if you had even a little bit of pubic hair, you would
0: reach in your pants and pull one out and like show everybody like, look, I got a pubic hair. Or pull your underwear down enough to show your little fucking, (laughs) you know, uh, your little, uh, Landing strip and be like, look, I, I got the pubes, you know, like, I'm so proud.
2: <laughs> I didn't raise my hand in school for a long time because I didn't have hair under my <laughs> armpits. And the way that I would overcompensate for, like, I guess, like, getting to puberty later than some people is I would just walk around with deodorant in, in my coat pocket. And I would just randomly pull it out and apply it when I was standing around a bunch of
1: people. <laughs>
2: it's the show that I was an adult. <laughs>
0: You're doing dip going, how can I make people believe I'm an adult? <laughs> <laughs> just throw some deodorant. They all wear deodorant. So yeah. <laughs> man, it's so funny how desperately you want to be old and then how desperately you want to be young. They're like, they're, it just flips like at like 24, you're like, fuck, I wish I was a kid again. <laughs> like it just immediately <laughs> goes the other way. So I fucking- just wanted
2: to be an adult so bad from like the age of like eight. I had I wasn't, I was like, Not, I was like, uh, I watch MTV because that's what teenagers do. When you're like eight years old, I was just trying, I was constantly from the beginning, just like, I want to be 10 years older than I am. And now I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind being 10 years
0: Younger than I am. Actually. I know. I, <laughs> Cause I, I always, did... I always wanted to be like action hero age. I just wanted to be like. I want to be old <laughs> enough to like have a house and a car and a and a smoke show and a fucking cool dog. Like I just wanted like the life of every action movie that I watched. I just. Oh, that's gonna be me. I'm gonna have a and women are gonna be all over me because I'm gonna be so ripped. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I just actually told this on
2: on I was I guess it on blocked party and I had this like dream of uh uh what my adult life would look like when I was like 13, 14 years old. And my adult life to me was that I worked in a jewelry store. For some reason I don't wear jewelry at all. Like I have never worn jewelry. I don't know why I thought I just think it was because I had worked at Chuck E. Cheese and uh I didn't want to work around food. So like the my highest idea was like jewelry store. They that's all clean. Right. And I was like I'll I'll go home to my apartment and I'll I'll be allowed to order porno on the TV, and I can also call like phone sex if I want to, and I can just sit around in anywhere in my apartment and jerk off. And now when I think about it, I'm like, that would be the most depressing life a person could ever.
0: Have. <laughs> you can't think of any worse life. <laughs> yeah. I mean any life you design for yourself when you're a kid, uh, when you think about it, when you get older, you're like, oh, what if I did have a video game room, a jerk-off room, and a weight room? <laughs> like, I don't think I need <laughs> any of those. Yeah, yeah. I need, I, just, I, like, I need a cardio room, according to my fucking doctor. <laughs> Same here. I, I,
2: could, I could definitely use that. But yeah, I, it's just you don't even picture any... It's like, like when I started to make a living, even as a podcaster, and I was like... Um I thought I would look at comedians and listen even to radio shows with comedians and my mind the life of a comedian was all day meetings. Like you put in the same 40 hours of work <laughs> that I put in, but it was like doing meetings and like writing and stuff like that. And then I was like, so for the first few years I was making a living podcasting. I was like, I'm not doing nothing. And it, And then I realized like after talking to everybody else I know that
0: does it, it's like, oh, you just don't like do anything. Your whole yeah. life
2: is doing. Nothing. Yeah.
0: Like, honestly, you add the meetings to have stuff, to do to feel like uh, the time moves on and that progress is happening you know that like something else may come around eventually you know like you honestly take meetings because you have the time you're like yeah i'll meet with this person oh what is it an annoying drive pays me nothing costs me money won't get anything out of it in the long run (laughs) okay yeah i'll do it (laughs) Like, that's how sad it is out here for (laughs) comedy
2: Yeah, because it's so funny. I walk like 20 miles a day in a fucking big circle, like around town. That's basically all I do every day. And it's like, I do three hours maybe of podcasting, and then I schedule the next week of podcasts out, and then I'm sitting around like, should I be, like, writing a movie or something?
0: (laughs) Should I be doing my laundry? I keep bitching about how I, like, that's that's where my life goes. Like, I don't even have the push to be like, I should be writing a movie. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's time to put Assassin's Creed Valhalla back on and really fucking put time in now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've gotten way into fucking Legos. Oh
0: yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. That's (laughs) so wasting
2: so much time. (laughs) One year of Legos. I I had been. I was into Legos for like three months at, or maybe four months at the at. At the earlier in the year, and I joined this website called Bricklink where you can put in all your sets and it tells you how much money you spent on it. And I had Oof. been into it for like three and a half months, and I looked and it was forty five hundred dollars. And I was like, I never want to see this again because I don't have <laughs> that much money to spend either. <laughs> like, I hate seeing what my money goes to. Like, I, that's the last thing I would ever want. Like, people make fun of me for having streaming services. Right. Like a, all the streaming services, so some I did the math and I was like, I pay two hundred and fifty dollars a month for streaming services,
0: and wow. I don't want to know prob- that I probably do as well because I have like all of them and they all seem like completely reasonable at the time, and then you're like, <laughs> and then you're like, oh wait, I guess if I have f- twelve different twelve dollar charges, it does add up. <laughs> <laughs> wait, are you telling me that uh, uh,
2: Epics? Epics is only $6.99. Well, I can't afford not to get epics.
1: (laughs) I know. It's like,
0: (laughs) oh, well, well, the new season of Tulsa King comes out in 18 months. I might as well sit on Paramount Plus until then. (laughs) I started the mayor of East Town. Oh, wait, mayor of East Town or the mayor of Kingstown?
2: Kingstown, not East Town. The mayor, the one where it's Jeremy Renner,
0: somehow has a job doing prison stuff. Dude, the movie, fu- that show fucking rules. I put it on. This is going to be a little spoiler here for any uh, people who haven't watched yet. I put it on because I love Coach, uh, uh, whatever his name is, uh, from uh, Friday Night Lights, who's in. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit, he's in this show? Kyle-, Kyle Chandler. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll watch this. Dies in the first episode. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll, I guess I'll <laughs> stick with it. And I fucking love it. It's like weirdly pro cop and pro prison somehow. <laughs> It's like the most <laughs> fucked up. It's it goes against everything I believe in politically, but it's just like enough people just get headshot that I like. The character I like the most is a like uh, a SWAT team leader who's in, who pretty much exclusively does extrajudicial killings. <laughs> like and I'm yes. like this guy rules. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> I did the
2: same thing. I I you know I'm pretty I like I started really as like straight up just a leftist podcast. I still consider myself like a leftist. And like I recently got epic so I could watch a show called Rogue Heroes. <laughs> That is about the uh, uh, the beginning of the SAS. Uh, <laughs> yeah. in basically the CIA for England. And it's like, <laughs> I would never agree with anything a single one of those person <laughs> would do. But I was like, this is the greatest show I've ever seen. Because it's like super, uh, you know, the way I describe it. And you're probably a lot like me too. I only like watching stuff. That has guns and cars in it. If it doesn't have <laughs> guns and cars in it, it seems pointless to
0: me. To if it doesn't to have guns, it. it's gotta have hand-to-hand combat. Like to be honest, <laughs> like growing up, the two genres of things for me were uh, guns or karate. <laughs> it's like yeah. that's all that's all I wanted to watch was guns or karate. It's like, is this movie I, guns or I karate? Figured th-
2: <laughs> I figured that out when Game of Thrones came out because I didn't like Game of Thrones. And ah. I was like thinking in my mind, like, what would I like? How would I like Game of Thrones? And the only thing I could come up with was cars and guns. If they added guns and cars, I'd probably love Game of
1: Thrones.
0: I but like instead... fantasy too much. I like I cha- <laughs> I I wa- I've watched all of Willow. I've watched some of the worst fucking shows out there just cuz they remotely have swords or magic in them. <laughs> like I'm yeah. a, I'm humbled by that. I I have the fucking taste of a 14-year-old when it comes to like entertainment and food and girls <laughs> like even like, yeah. No, I mean, a 14-year-old boy looks up to like big busty cartoon <laughs> women. <laughs> Sorry, I have to phrase that very correctly. <laughs> I'm in the same. I'm in the same place. I I just I loved Tulsa
2: King. I thought it was so fucking fun. And like I love I love shows where the smartest person in the show would be the dumbest person. Would that, be your in, dumbest in your friend, life. Yeah, because yeah, yes. it's
0: like uh, 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 Sons of Anarchy. I loved Sons of Anarchy. And I watched every single episode of that fucking show. I've never seen so many. Uh, gang fights where five different gangs all decide to put their guns down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine like, like how they they only kill three unnamed people from each gang in every fight, and then it's like, all right, brown, yellow, black, and white. Let's put our guns down. <laughs> like calling each gang by their fucking skin color. So I fucking remember crazy.
2: <laughs> I remember getting so fucking furious near the end. I I think that's how I learned how TV's made too. Like how budgets. Work because <laughs> I remember there would be whole spans of episodes in Sons of Anarchy that is just them sitting around a table taking votes. Yeah. And you're like, where's the motorcycle chases and <laughs> stuff? And it's like, well, that's because they could only afford to make like three
0: motorcycle chases for this 15-episode season. Someone said to me one time, they're like, You like Sons of Anarchy? I'm like, honestly, it got really bad once they went to Ireland, but I just kept watching. And someone's Same like, here. That's season three or something. And it's it's like, oh yeah, I watched like <laughs> seven more seasons and I didn't Same. like it. After that point, I couldn't
2: stop. The last season of Sons of Anarchy is one of the worst seasons of television I've ever watched. A hundred percent. Every episode sucks and every episode is 90 minutes. It <laughs> was, it, I remember sitting down and and like I'd start it and it would be 90 minutes and I would just start like, can I just stop? But it's like, it's the last season why would I stop? I got to see how this plays out. And it basically is just a guy goes around and kills the wrong people for a whole season. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Well, I don't know. I don't think uh because th- it, it is this, there is a certain type and Tulsa King's the same thing. And it is this thing of like prestige TV was such a huge thing. That, like, sometimes they would give, like, the world's dumbest person a prestige a show that they think is going to be prestige TV. That's what Sons of Anarchy was. You give Kurt Sutter a show that will mimic what prestige TV is, but it's the goofiest shit you've ever
0: seen. And, like... Those are the best shows. Yes, <laughs> like, like I love The Shield and Sons of Anarchy, and they are two completely different classes of shows. And but they, I like them both equally because it's just like, it, the, I got the show for you, Brian. Before we get out of here and get into plug plugging your stuff, the show I recommend for you, maybe you've even already watched it, is Banshee. It was Oh my on, god! Yes, <laughs> like that is like one of my favorite shows of all time, and it's just like that and Warrior. Have you watched Warrior? I fucking love Warrior I figured you would I I listen to Action Boys (laughs) (laughs) I got like I I take Jeet Kune Do That's how much I love Bruce Lee (laughs) I'm a forty year old childless guy in martial arts classes, okay? Listen,
2: if you had told me that ten years ago before I knew that like I remember a guy used somebody explained to me that like a black the belt system is just a way to get the people to keep taking classes. So a guy would be like, I'm a black belt and I'm like, You must be a badass
0: and it's like, Well no, his parents just spent a lot of money on lessons. I was a black belt in Taekwondo just three years. I wasn't like markedly better in year two versus year three. I was still a fat fourteen-year-old, like I
1: couldn't do shit.
0: But yeah, I loved, I loved Banshee so fucking much. That ba- I bad last that. season, but holy shit, I, ch- I, been, dude, I chased it to Strike Back, which I really enjoyed, but didn't hit as hard. I have chased it to so, so many fucking. I just watched all of Echo Three on Apple. <laughs> it's bad. I I've,
2: I've, chasing- I've been thinking about watching it. I've actually been thinking about watching that one, and I just watched. Uh, um, I've been watching that well Reacher was very good that was i like, adjo- maybe I enjoyed Reacher show and uh <laughs> even 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 other than Reacher uh which is the reason I liked Reacher is because it's like a big buff guy that's the smartest guy in the room everywhere he goes, and the reason yeah. I love Tulsa King is because it's the exact same story except for the guy seventy five years old. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. I love yeah. Oh dude, I loved Reacher. I, I can't get enough of gun shows, even if they're bad. Like I watched mm-hmm. fucking Jack Ryan, I watched Terminal I List, and I like actively hate those guys. And <laughs> Terminal list was show. terrible. I, that I was really upsettingly terrible. bad. <laughs> yeah. Because I got through like
2: three episodes and I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this. No. But Jack Ryan, I am I'm fully in on Jack Ryan. And I think the reason I like Jack Ryan is because it's it's a show that is made for guys like us, but for also us to think we're watching a smart person show.
0: Yes, you know, exactly. Like. Yeah. It's like, well, I, I'm into the geopolitics of, of this show. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's still so <laughs> stupid.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: Oh man. well, Brian, this was a, this was fun. Well, fuck, as your Zoom handle says. <laughs> Brian, this has been a fucking pleasure, man. I love uh, meeting someone via uh, the light connections that the internet has, and then realizing how much we actually have in common. It's pretty <laughs> <Yeah>. wild, for <laughs> sure well where can where can my listeners find your new I know you, you're uh doing a solo Patreon now. You're fucking got your own shit popping off these days. So I was doing one
2: before and uh, I did years and years of mini-series. Like I said uh earlier, I've done Dang Cook. I actually am about to do one called TED Talks where me Uh, like I'm going to review Ted and Ted too a half hour after a half hour at a time with a different person. Somebody will be doing reviewing the second half hour of Ted.
0: That's fucking awesome.
2: (laughs) But, uh, but uh, it's patreon.com dot slash brian and I'll have a free feed soon. This all happened like super fast, but like, uh, and we'll have so a link have... to your
0: Patreon in the show notes of this app uh, of this episode. So just like pull out your phone now and click subscribe and all that shit. So I have a
2: massive archive of weird mini series, uh, and I will be loading them up on there. So it'll be uh, three at a time, a few days a week. And, uh, like I said, the ones I've been loading this week were Shocktober, the first three episodes ever of that. I'm going to load your, your Shocktober will be up when this come out, comes out. Oh, hell yeah. And, uh, Holy Boys is a show that I do where we talk about, uh, uh, preachers like mega preachers and, uh. I'm sorry is a show that I do where we make fun of public apologies and um, March madness is one that I did years ago about sports talk radio hosts. So I just kind of like, I basically like pick a type of guy. Like I spend a lot of time finding new types of guy and uh, I just kind (laughs) of, I kind of dive deep in them and it's, it's super, uh, not rewarding, but fun. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's not I just enriching have our, at all, but I do enjoy myself, at least. <laughs> well, I, I'll say this. I
2: did a series called The Movies Cinematic Universe, where <laughs> I watched a uh, scary movie, not another teen movie, disaster movie, uh, date movie. Epic um, movie. I watched all of them, and it was, it was a terrible experience. But then I was like, why don't I do a sequel to that series where I only watch reboots? So I watched Point Break.
0: Oh uh-huh. th- that Tom. is uh, the, 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 those are t- total recall these are some of the worst reboots yeah. but the point break reboot that takes out surfing out of the movie is just <laughs> yeah. in fucking sane <laughs> it also takes out uh charisma
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, talent (laughs) most yeah uh fun looking things (laughs) but yeah so it's just different types of stuff and uh you know i hope people like it there's a ton of it
0: (laughs) (laughs) well hell yeah get on that patreon follow brian on twitter he's you'll see a bunch of tag posts about this episode and uh As always, shitheads, you can catch me on Action Boys at actionboys.biz if you got extra scratch. And um, check out 101 Places to Party Before You Die now on HBO Max, or should I say, hopefully still on HBO Max by the time this episode comes out. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Hopefully they're not offloading me into the fucking content fires. I'm I'm dying for a second season over here. Um, Bye, shitheads.
1: That was a headgum podcast in a part of the world where there are no rules.
2: Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. Pa- I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal.
1: Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. You're
2: calm. Give it to me. I need you the cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. It's, actually, it's got a
1: lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> now...
0: So There's a new game in town.
1: You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are
0: anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. We're <laughs> going to make a really great deal with the xenomorphs. What? <laughs> I don't hate them, but I in a room. <laughs> yes, I understand. This is now the <laughs> 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. <laughs> I'm your dad. Action.
1: Boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall.